Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome to Point Spread Sunday here on VSAN, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for joining me. A huge day in the NBA. Of course, plenty of NHL playoffs to continue. We got a Preakness recap. We have golf to get to so much to do here on this Sunday. Appreciate you starting your Sunday morning with us again. I'm Mark Zeno. We will be joined by Pam Maldonado to break down the PGA championship at Southern Hills course coming up as we head to the final round with some unexpected names atop the leaderboard. And of course we got a whole major league baseball slate to get to Joe Ranier from wager talk will join us as well later on in this show. But I wanted to start with yesterday's action at Southern Hills and what happened out on the golf course because we head into the final Sunday of the PGA Championship with an unlikely leader atop the leaderboard in Mito Pereira. Uh, Nobody really saw this guy coming. I couldn't even remember seeing what his opening round odds were to win this tournament, but he sits there nine under and has a fantastic chance to crown his first major. Will Zalatoris, three strokes behind at six under. And this is a young man here who has been right on the cusp, uh, a great ball striker, and he has been right there in several tournaments, including the Masters, uh, last time out. So let's see if Zalatoris can get over the hump. And then you see some other names that you might not be too familiar with. Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, uh, Abraham Anser, Seamus Power. You don't really get to a common name until you get to seventh, where Bubba Watson is seven strokes off the lead, and he'll tee off at 155 Eastern this morning. And really, you have to scratch your head at what happened to Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas yesterday as both of those guys card 74s uh, and fall out of contention. Now, Justin Thomas, again, tied with Bubba Watson and Stuart Sink 
at two under, but seven strokes off the lead would take something miraculous to happen, not only just to catch seven strokes with Mito Pereira, but uh, they'd have to leapfrog five or six different players along the way. So a very difficult challenge in front of those men. But really, once again, watching Rory McIlroy come out of the gates hot and uh, and start this tournament looking like he was going to win his first major uh, in seven or eight years and and to have it fall apart in round three, especially after the way he finished the Masters in round four and the charge he made at the end, uh, it seemed to have looked like it was going to carry over and he was going to walk out of here. But it was not to be for Rory unless, again, something incredibly miraculous happens. Uh, I don't think we'll see Rory end up uh, in the top 10 when it's all said and done. So uh, tough day for both Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. But again, the leaders don't tee off until 235 this afternoon. So we'll see how uh, the rest of the day plays out. Of course, Tiger Woods withdraws yesterday um, for the first time in a major when he pulled out of a tournament. And this is a scenario for Tiger. And I've said this repeatedly. Uh, and I told people he was a good bet to make the cut. I didn't think it was a bad bet to do it. And he did it. You would have cashed that ticket. But to bet on Tiger to place anywhere anymore is to me, it's like setting your money on fire. Until I see him do it routinely, until I see him do it with some semblance of consistency, Tiger Woods at this point, if you just changed his first name to Eldrick, would be a guy out on the course. That's it. That's all he's got left in the bag right now for four days of golf. Physically, his body can't handle it, uh, and clearly he is not 100% healthy. And the what he has done to his body over the course of his career and what the game does to his body now, uh, he just doesn't have it to last four days of golf. So uh, that's just me. Then that's not a knock on Tiger. That's just my opinion of betting on Tiger, per se. I'm always rooting for Tiger because it's a lot more fun when he's in it. But I'm not going to put my money behind him um, to win anything because I just don't see it as a valid investment anymore at this point. Maybe if you want to take him in the first round in a match situation over whatever golfer uh, is out there, that's a different play. I think in the first round when his body has the adrenaline and can last through 18 holes, sure. Uh, but right now, Tiger Woods is like me out on the golf course. After 18 holes, I'm ready to call it a day. Uh, and then his body is ready to call it a day. So uh, that's where we are with Tiger. And, and it's sad to see. And it's certainly unfortunate. Uh, you know, he's he's had the most amazing golf career that we can think of. But it's going to end rather unceremoniously, if you ask me, the way he's walking off the course these days. NBA last night. What a win it was for the Miami Heat uh, as they get a huge win on the road in Boston without their star Jimmy Butler for most of the second half of that game. Uh, and it was a typical Miami game. It really was. Uh, it was marked by great defense. And there were stretches where Miami's defense was so darn suffocating. I mean, the energy and effort that team puts into defense is unreal. It really, really is. Um, I, I, it's just fun to watch at times. You don't see anything like it during the regular season. When you watch this Heat team play, they do it with 100% anger and vigor on defense. And it's, it's for me at least, it's fun to watch. So Miami cashes plus the points and on the money line. And for those of us who had the over of 207.5, boy, were you really nervous when you watched Victor Oladipo miss the second half of those free throws uh, on the technical foul to land that thing at 207. Uh, and then, of course, it was a, a quick, easy dunk by Bam Adebayo uh, that put them over, and then a garbage three sent the total to 112. But if you were an underbacker last night, you kind of got nauseated how the end of that game went. Uh, for overbackers, you take the money and run to the take the ticket, run to the window, and don't think twice uh, and feel good about your handicap. But I certainly understand why underbackers last night had plenty of reason 
to be upset uh, in that game. But Miami, again, a huge win. And it's interesting to see. We'll dive a little bit more into this later in the show. But checking the line for the Miami-Boston game, you know, they they opened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in game three and closed down at five-and-a-half last night. They are now opened as a seven-point favorite in game four, the Celtics are. And it's interesting because that seems, it's almost like reverse line movement. You would have thought after the way Miami played, and they did so without their star, um, that that line would have come down. Now, Jimmy Butler is questionable, uh, but still, they wouldn't have posted a line that they honestly felt like he couldn't play. Um, you know, they have time to, to, to wait to post a line. So clearly they feel like Jimmy Butler is going to be able to play in this game um, in putting that lineup. Uh, so the, the Boston being a bigger favorite in game four than they were in game three, I think speaks volumes to how much oddsmakers are at least saying that that game by Miami was a fluke uh, and they won't be able to duplicate it again. And Boston should dominate at home. It's fair to say that with Boston in a 2-1 hole, uh, going down three games to one, heading back to Miami is not a favorable situation. So it's a must-win spot. Desperate teams always have a little bit more of an edge uh, than other ones. So this is a situation here where uh, I can understand a little bit of the reverse line movement where Boston becomes a bigger favorite after the loss, but it was kind of surprising. I thought it would have held steady at six or six and a half. That wouldn't have bothered me at all. Five and a half even wouldn't have bothered me if it opened that way. But when it was quickly opened at seven, I said, wow, um, there's something there. There's a, there's a feeling it's almost like you have to, you want to take Boston and lay the points there just because of the way um, things have set up for those guys uh, in in this series so far. Another big event from yesterday, if you were into it, if you watched, was the Preakness. Um, the Derby winner, Rich Strike, we were on the air uh, after the Kentucky Derby that morning, and I, I applauded Rich Strike, and what an amazing run that was uh, to end up stealing the Kentucky Derby from Epicenter. Uh, Epicenter opens as the uh, as the morning line favorite uh, and goes off as the favorite at 6-5, to five, and Epicenter once again comes up short and finishes second. Uh, early voting, the 5-1 to one odds uh, second favorite ends up taking the race uh, and wins at 1340 uh, for $13.40, rather. And it's interesting because when you watch the race again, Epicenter stayed at the back probably a little bit too long, never really was able to get in a good position, uh, used the rail very effectively to close at the end there. But it's almost like when I watched the race, it felt like Epicenter had to do too much work to get where the horse needed to be to even put themselves in position uh, and never really got him into a spot where the horse could get out and run until it hit that final turn heading into the top stretch when everybody else went wide and it opened up for him. Uh, I kind of, again, it's one of those things where I look at what did the jockey do throughout the race that put the horse in position, good, bad, or otherwise could have taken epicenter wide and tried to go out that way. Never did stayed on the rail, stayed inside, stayed back and lagged the whole way and tried to stalk, but was stalking from second to last, uh, not from a position where you're in the middle of the pack. So too much ground for epicenter to make up and, what was a horse that came into this triple crown season as somebody who many people thought could win it, um, that had a lot of hype around it has now finished second in back-to-back -back races in the triple crown and may just become another afternote or a footnote, uh, in horse racing that was never able to get it done when it comes to a triple crown. So by the way, creative minister finishes third at 10 to one. So, um, it was a rather lackluster preakness just because when the Derby winner chooses not to run, uh, you automatically just start taking your eyes off of it. So we'll see what happens in the Belmont. 
in three weeks if there is a, a, any sort of, um, you know, notable field. And I wonder if Epicenter is even going to run in that one. Um, it's obvious this obviously the longest race of the three and uh, one of those where you, you look at it and if Epicenter couldn't steal the first and the second uh, of legs of the Triple Crown, why would it steal the longest race? of the triple crown. So, uh, a lot to be left for epicenter. And then finally last night, uh, a UFC three main cards on the fight. Uh, the one fight that we, we kind of, uh, were scratching our heads about before the show had started was, uh, Ketlin Vieira defeating Holly Holm uh, in a decision. That was, I guess, probably one of the more notable names on the card. Uh, and, and it was a split decision. So, uh, many people feel like home might've won the fight, might've not won the fight, but, it's always a little precarious when it comes to uh, the split decisions. You ask a variety of different people who won the fight, who didn't. And uh, Holm uh, last night ends up taking the loss, her sixth of her career. And so um, Vieira gets the decision. Uh, tickets that cash were outright plus 200 for Vieira. And by decision at plus 365. So uh, not much of a big UFC card last night if you're into that. So uh, we got a lot more to do here on the show today. Again, Joe Ranieri of Wager Talks is going to join us. A huge MLB slate. Of course, I'll have all my picks for you guys coming up throughout the show and in the final segment of the show. But coming up next, uh, four playoff games on the slate for today in the NBA and the NHL. One in the association, three on the ice. I'll go through all four of those games coming up next. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. You're watching and listening to VSIN. It's Point Spread Sunday on the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's really good. Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Appreciate you guys starting your Sunday morning with us. we got so much to do here with you till 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, as we do every Sunday. Then we'll turn it over to the Lombardi line. Mike Lombardi and Patrick Maher will get you through uh, your Sunday morning here as well. Again, give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. All right, we got four games of note today, uh, one in the NBA, three in the NHL. And I know not many people follow uh, the NHL all that well, but some of these series have been really interesting. Uh, and if you've bothered to handicap them a little bit, it's a little bit tougher than than what you normally would expect from certain series, the way things have gone. So we'll get to that here coming up in a moment. But let's start with game three between the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors uh, as this game goes into Dallas. And uh, Dallas laying two points here uh, in, at home or two and a half, depending on where you look. After game two, which, you know, to me was interesting because – Game two was a lot about Golden State making some huge second half adjustments, uh, and they shot 50% from three-point range, made a huge comeback in the game, and really were able to figure out uh, how to break through the Dallas defense in ways that uh, I, I don't know that we I was kind of ready to see, at least from that standpoint. You know, Dallas, for all their defensive uh, prowess, has yet to figure out a way to stop Golden State secondary players Jordan Poole in game one, Kevon Looney in game two, Otto Porter Jr. in both games had pretty good games. All three of those guys seem to be playing at a different level than at least what you would expect. You weren't coming to this series in the Western Conference Finals worried about Kevon Looney doing 20 and 10 on you. Uh, That wasn't something that I think Dallas really had prepared for. But Golden State has been on fire from a shooting perspective. They're shooting 56% from the field and 42% from three so far in this series. Now, the Phoenix Suns, in the previous series against Dallas, had very similar shooting percentages on their home floor until Game 7, of course. Uh, But when that series flipped back to Dallas, everything went in a different direction. Now, I expect that to happen again. But Dallas has to figure out a way to slow down the pace a little bit for the Warriors and limit their perimeter shooting. Obviously, Luka Doncic is going to have a big night. He had 42 in Game 1, although it is a little bit weird because 
it's one of those things where when you watch the games and how they unfold, at least you look at the box score, it's like Luca has to have a big night, but he has to have a big night almost in assists as well as he does in points because clearly him getting 42 alone isn't enough to win without the secondary scoring. In the last series, Doncic averaged 36 points in the three losses per game, and he averaged just 30 points in their four wins. What does that mean? Well, when you couple that with the fact that during the losses last series, he averaged uh, 5.8 assists per game uh, in their losses and eight assists per game in their wins. He's got to get other people involved. As great as Luka has been, and he may be one of the best postseason players of our generation, at least statistically when you put his numbers together, um, they are a team that has to have more than him around him to be able to continue to beat really good competition. You can do it against Utah. Heck, you can even do it against a Phoenix team that uh, I don't want to say that they have holes, but you know, from a coaching standpoint, it's like one of those teams that never gets over the hump. And so until they get over the hump, you don't really respect them as a team that really can get over the hump, so to speak. So you could take advantage of a team like Phoenix that probably has uh, you know more going on between the ears than anywhere else as far as they're overthinking a lot of things because it's not a talent issue with the Suns. But regardless, when you go up against a veteran team like the Warriors, a team that has won multiple championships, a team that's been to multiple finals, you know that experience is invaluable. Uh, you're not going to rattle their cage at all. And so this is a, a Dallas team that probably needs – more secondary scoring than what they're getting, and it's up to Luka to give it to him. Uh, that's what it boils down to. Dallas is only not covered at home once during this playoffs, and that was the opening game against Utah when Luka went down, and they still uh, managed to only miss covering that game by a half point. They lost by six. The closing line was five and a half. So Dallas has been great at home against the number. No reason not to back him here again. Uh, and I'll do so today. I'll lay the points with the Mavericks. As far as the total is concerned, I've been a sucker for Golden State overs this entire postseason. Like, I just can't wrap my head around the numbers being as low as they were. Even in the Memphis series when they were in the low 220s, I'm sitting here going, man, I would have expected this number to be like around 226, 227. And it's sitting at 222, 223. And I, I couldn't figure it out. Of course, you know, all that the Warriors went under in five of their last nine games. So uh, odds makers bring the total back up a little bit after a, a big scoring outburst in game two. Um, and they're also seeing Golden State's hot shooting and thinking it's going to continue. But if Dallas is going to win, they need to keep this total under. They they can't allow the Warriors to hit 42% from three. Uh, otherwise, Dallas is going to find themselves in an 0-3 hole, which you're not going to get out of. And the real question is, is can Dallas keep Golden State to 100 points or less or in that range? Because that's where they have to be. Uh, when they were down 0-2 to Phoenix and returned home, that's exactly what they did. They held Phoenix to 94 points uh, and ended up winning the game. So uh, I, I look at this spot here, and I think Mavericks, and I think the under. Dallas is 5-1 and one to the under at home this postseason. I think I'll stay with that trend here. If Dallas is going to win this thing as the more desperate team that absolutely needs a win, then guess what? Uh, they have 100% got to keep this total low. So Dallas and the under for me today. All right, over to the NHL. First game up, Florida and Tampa Bay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning defending champs have a 2-0 series lead uh, as they head to their home ice against the Florida Panthers. So Panthers plus one and a half goals is super juicy. It's minus 275. I just can't endorse paying it. Um, although I like the Panthers in this spot, I'm going to lean on the money line here and take them at minus 114. Florida, you know, it's it, they're an interesting team because 
they've sort of fallen apart during the playoffs. They're only averaging 2.75 goals per game this postseason. They average over four goals per game during the regular season. So, you know, they have not scored a power play goal this entire postseason. That's not the Florida Panthers. This is the highest scoring team in the league. And so uh, it's it's a spot here where if Florida doesn't get back to putting the puck in the back of the net on a routine basis, they're going to find themselves in an 0-3 hole. Uh, I like the desperation spot here. I know they're going on the road here, but Florida's got to win this. They have way too much talent. Um, Bobrovsky has got to, you know, tighten up a little bit in the pipes for the Panthers, but he's also facing Andre uh, Vasilevsky, who's been fantastic for the Lightning. I mean, he's been amazing so far. So um, the total for this game, six and a half. But again, I, I can't really endorse you paying minus 275 on the Panthers one and a half. That's probably the right side. I feel very confident that that's the right side, but it's just not an investment I want to lay at minus 275. So give me the Florida money line at minus 114, see if they can win this thing outright uh, in that game. Next game up is Carolina and the New York Rangers. And this this Rangers team, I cannot figure out for the life of me. I have no idea who they are from game to game. It really is perplexing. That entire Penguin series, they stopped goaltending. They stopped playing defense. They were giving up goals all over the place, and somehow they sneaked past them. But it looks like through the first two games of this series, we get the normal Igor Shosturkin back in net, who's probably going to be the Vezina Trophy winner for the best goaltender in hockey. Uh, he has been great in the pipes the first two games. He's only given up two goals in each of two games. One of them was an overtime goal in game one that you know was a deflection. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, he played fantastic and uh, and should have been rewarded with a win. It's not to happen. The Rangers' offense has come back down to earth after that Pittsburgh series. They were averaging 38 shots a goal, uh, 38 shots on goal per game in the Pittsburgh series, just 24 so far in two games against the Carolina Panthers. These are two of the best defenses in the league. They have two of the best goaltenders in the league. Anti Ranta has been fantastic so far in the first two games in the pipe. Um, you know, at a total of five and a half, both these games have gone under. I would look at the Rangers on the money line at plus 100 uh, in an 0-2 hole, returning home for even money. I don't think that's a bad wager at all by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at the the, the puck line at the Rangers at plus one and a half is minus 260. Again, just way too juicy for me. But that feels like the right bet in the right side. So I'm not going to have an official play on this game. But uh, you put a gun to my head, I'd probably take the Rangers money line at even money just because it makes the most sense to me as far as uh, how to get the most for your value in a must-win spot for the New York Rangers. All right, final game, Calgary and Edmonton. 1-1 in the series. 23 goals have been scored through two games in this series. The total is listed at 7 here. And I'm getting plus money to the over at plus 114. I'm not going to fight it. Um, this is, this is, these, these teams are first and third in total shots in the postseason. They're going to score. I, I'm not going to look for reasons to try to figure out a way for this game to go under. Um, they are going to continue to score. Calgary is averaging 44 shots on goal for the first two games of this series. Uh, and, and the Calgary money line here at minus 118 feels really good. I mean, it's the, it's the battle of Alberta here. So these two teams know each other. They were first and second in the Pacific division, Calgary, the one seed, or, or finished in first in Edmonton right behind him. These are two high-scoring teams, high-powered offenses. Um, you know, I, you could look at a first period over, but it's very, very juicy if you ask me. Uh, again, not something that I want to endorse, but with plus money to the over seven here, and I can even get a push, there's no reason to think that all of a sudden the the, the scoring will stop. Could it? Could both these goaltenders have a game where they stop everything? I, I don't. The pace just is so tough right now for both of these guys. Uh, Mike Smith in, in net for Edmonton got barrage in the first eight minutes in game two 
Uh, Edmonton comes back to win the thing, but you know, you blinked and they were down two nothing already on Calgary's home ice. Uh, so it, it, I don't know how this game doesn't go under. It would be rather surprising given the way it's gone, gone so far. I would say, however, though, you know, this is a spot for uh, Calgary to continue to get right offensively. All right, coming up next, Joe Ranier of Wager Talk will join us. We'll go through the MLB slate. Lots of action today, including a big doubleheader between the Yankees and White Sox. That's coming up next right here on Point Spread Sunday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only terms and condition and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Welcome back into Point Spread Sunday on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Coming up here before the end of this first hour, we'll take a quick look at NFL win totals as uh, everybody's starting to put some final handicaps on all of the win totals and to miss and make the playoffs as we'll settle in for the offseason. Not really much should change all that much between now and the start of the regular season in terms of some of these odds to make the playoffs or to make the postseason or win totals unless we see a major injury at training camp really would be the only thing that would adjust some of these lines. So uh, we feel like we're pretty static with some of this stuff that we can start to take a look at it now. We'll do that next. Also next hour, uh, we'll look at the PGA Championship. Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sports is going to join us as uh, we'll handicap the final round of the second major of the year in golf. So uh, lots to do here on Point Spread Sunday. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. All right, let's bring in my good friend here from Wager Talk, Joe Ranieri, as we got a lot to get to Major League Baseball, of course, the NBA, and even a little NHL with him. Joe, good morning and welcome. Always great to have you here, brother. Mark, always Mark, a I'll... pleasure on this uh, Sunday. Should be a uh, one heck of a uh, Sunday, in fact, with uh, you mentioned the PGA. We got... Uh, kind of do-or-die situations in uh, two playoff games, one NBA, one NHL, and, a, and baseball. One of my favorite uh, parts of the year right now is they're really starting to get into the uh, into the swing of it. As long as we don't get any more snowed-out games, I think we're going to be okay, Zinn. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, right? Global <laughs> warmth, of course. Uh, anyway, let's start with the NBA. I know we got a big Major League Baseball site to get to, but, uh, you know, you're in Florida. How impressed were you last night with Miami? Listen, I backed them with the points last night. I didn't know if they were going to win the game, especially not in the fashion that they did, but they, without Jimmy Butler, that was somewhat impressive. Very in- impressive. And it was funny because uh, most fans, I don't even think, realized that Butler didn't come out of the locker room uh, in the second half. And then all of a sudden during the broadcast, they mentioned it and everyone's like, what What do you mean he's not coming back? Knee? What's wrong with his knee? Uh, but that was vintage uh, Miami. So much focus, Mark, has been put on the Boston Celtics and how tremendous they have been this year coming off a loss. And there's no denying that. Coming off a loss, I, even I bet Boston in game number two because it was the right spot at the right time. 
Now, conversely, yesterday, nobody gave Miami a shot, it felt like, although you did see that line go from six and a half to five and a half just before tip. And I can promise you it wasn't the public uh, betting the uh, the Miami Heat at all there. But the Heat with a Lowry in a lineup and with P.J. Tucker, um, yeah, they were the right side coming off an embarrassing loss. The numbers all pointed to the Heat. A gutsy performance. They wouldn't have done it. Uh, they weren't going to win this series without Bam Adebayo showing up. And boy, Zin, did he show up. He showed up. He showed out. Um, he was the main reason they ended up winning that game. And it's about time. He's the second best player on the Heat. Uh, he can't be averaging eight points a game, six points a game. Al Horford can't be schooling Bam out of Bayou if the Heat are going to win. But what you got last night was vintage Miami Heat, tough, experienced Miami Heat. And now, here we go again, uh, zigzag theory in full effect and quite profitable in this series. Uh, I fully anticipate Boston to win the next game and then uh, coming back to uh, Miami in game five with an opportunity to win the next two. Heat and six for me, Zen. That's where I'm looking. Yeah, going to be interesting to see if the Heat can do it and we'll wait, wait Jimmy Butler's status uh, for game four as we go forward. I do agree with you, though. I mean, we got a, we talked about it earlier, a little reverse line movement here. Um, even after the Miami win, the Celtics are now a bigger mm-hmm. favorite at seven yeah. points here, which was a little, you know, my, I'm like seven <laughs> Take Miami the points. Wait a minute. There's a reason that line is going in that direction. It's reverse line movement. Go take the Celtics and lay the points. So we'll see what happens. All right. uh, Real quick tonight on Golden State and Dallas. I'm back in Dallas uh, at home, and and I'll take the under. They've got to somehow figure out how to slow down Golden State on the perimeter and not allow them to shoot 42% from three. But this is sort of the same playbook so far that we saw against Phoenix. You know, they didn't look great in the first two games on the road. They come back home, and they are a different team, and I expect to see the same tonight embarrassing loss in game two. They should have won that game, and they know they should have won that game, uh, Zinn. I mean, the the defense, the one thing that we've come to know Dallas and Jason Kidd about is that they're going to slow the tempo down, and they are going to hammer you on defense and make your life quite miserable. Well, uh, when you allow somebody to drop 43 points in the fourth quarter against you, uh, defense uh, is non-existent. And we do know Golden State, a couple of things about them. Uh, they're very, very good at home. They are not great on the road, especially during this playoff season here, guys. Um, I think, too, Dallas 34 and 13, I believe, straight up now uh, at home this season, 14 and two straight up at home since the all star break. I have I'm with you. I see huge uh, bounce back situation here for the Mavericks. Uh, Only I would change it up here a little different. I would absolutely look for Dallas to come out firing in the first half again. Make sure you cover yourself with that. And then uh, I think there's a live bet uh, possibly uh, available for us here at the break. So we'll be looking at that second half line. But I have no doubt Dallas comes out swinging and takes uh, full advantage of the first half opportunity that's uh, presented to them, which is pretty much a pick and price here at this point. All right, let's shift to uh, Major League Baseball here. A big series doubleheader today. Between the Yankees and the White Sox, of course, high emotions yesterday between uh, Josh Donaldson and and uh, Tim Tim Kennedy of the White Sox. And so, you know, this is a a scenario here where these two teams like it, it feels like they're destined to meet in the postseason at this point. Like we need to continue to have this storyline go on throughout the rest of Major League Baseball season. But, you know, the Yankees seem like a juggernaut. The White Sox still seem to be struggling to find themselves, although they're they'll probably get right and win the Central. Um, but with these two games here, Joe. 
I always look to the back half of the doubleheader. I'll wait to see how the first half goes and try to catch it, you know, or at least play it towards the end of the first because lines are already posted for the second game. Um, yep. it, it, the way the first game is unfolding, I'll try to make a bet, you know, sixth, seventh inning and figure out what the doubleheader is going to look like and sort of go in the opposite direction. So how do you see these, these two going down today? All right, I'm sorry. How old is Johnny Cueto? Uh, I feel like he's uh, like, what is he? Like, is this part of the adult league? Like, what the hell is going on here, Zin? I mean, Cueto on the mound in game one versus Jamison Tyon. The dude's like 100 years old. But sure enough, what does he do? He goes out and pitches an absolute gem in his, uh, in his first start last week. But I think this is a totally different story. The one thing we have come to love about Johnny Cueto is we know he shows these flashes early on of just craziness, right? The guy's so dominant and then reality creeps in and then all of a sudden he gets lit up like a Christmas tree and everyone, and then he goes on the uh, IL, he gets hurt and that's the end of Johnny Cueto. So I fully anticipate we're gonna see something like that here today. Jameson Tyon been steady Eddie for this uh, Yankees team here and he's also been phenomenal at home in the Bronx. Uh, the problem with Jameson Tyon comes when he's on the road. So with the way the Yankees are hitting here, uh, the confidence that they have rolling, I do think the White Sox at what, 19 and 20 right now are a little bit undervalued. I fully anticipate their season at some point is going to be turning the other way. I'm not sure the Bronx is the place that we can anticipate that happening today with, uh, with a doubleheader. Certainly not in the first game here. I'm kind of with you. Let's see what happens and then take a look at the, uh, at the second game as a possible place to jump in as well. Uh, one of the game I got my eyes on here today uh, is the Dodgers and the Phillies. You know, this total opened up last night at 10, uh, which is monstrous, given the guys who are on the mound. Look, Tony Gonsolin has been great everywhere. He's been fantastic all season long. He's got yep. a sub-two ERA. His whip is right around one. He's never given up more than two earned runs in any start this year. Now, Zach Elfin starts for the Phillies. His numbers are bad overall, but his splits at home are infinitely better. Uh, and this is a spot here where after they score 11 runs yesterday, I feel like I'm getting a gift here uh, as it's actually juiced to the over in this game here. I'm going to fade this thing and probably go under in this game. Yeah, not a bad way to look at it. You're right. Gonsolin, phenomenal for the Dodgers. 4-0, 1.64 ERA. In fact, he hasn't given up more than two earned runs in a start all year long. He hasn't given up more than, I, I think, six total earned runs uh, to date so far. He really has been phenomenal for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have now won seven straight, three in a row here against Philly, who's, uh, you know, let's, shall we say they're having, uh, is anemic a good word for that offense? Because it's terrible. Uh, it, absolutely horrific. Going into yesterday, they only had uh, two runs in the last 23 innings. Not good situation right now for Philly. I think Zach Eflin, though, might be a good opportunity at home to be able to handle business. And I agree with you 100 percent that I do think uh, less runs today under is definitely the way to look here. But uh, Gonsolin is tough, man. He's uh, he's coming into his own there for the Dodgers. All right, 10 seconds. Yes or no. Panthers get back in their series with the Lightning with a winning game three on the road. Absolutely. As long as they score in the power play. There you go. Have yet to have a power play goal this playoffs. Joe Ranieri of Wager Talk. You're the best, brother. Have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck, brother. Good luck, brother. All right, coming up next, we'll get into some NFL here and look at win totals and yes or no to make the playoffs. That's next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, (laughs) Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. And now it's updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better all year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. 
Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. One hour almost in the books with you till 10 a.m. Eastern. Next hour, we'll get to the PGA Championship with Penn Maldonado of Yahoo Sports. One of the best in the biz, especially when it comes to uh, handicapping golf and tennis. We have the French Open coming up as well, so I'm sure she'll have some thoughts on that as we go forward. Uh, we got to get back to Major League Baseball and the NBA as we have a lot to do here, of course, before the end of the show. I will give you my final picks and plays for the day uh, as we wrap up this Sunday edition of Point Spread Sunday. But let's turn our attention right now to the NFL here for a few moments. As I mentioned a moment ago with uh, a lot of these lines now kind of settling in and being static when it comes to win totals and the probability to make the playoffs, barring any major injuries, this stuff should hold pretty much unless the public rushes in to, to change a line, which I don't really see happening over the course of the summer. So I think it's worthwhile right now at this point um, to, to at least look at some early teams and early plays that I like that are possibilities to either make or miss the playoffs and their win total overall. Uh, and let me start with my favorite win total bet of the entire season, and that's the Ravens at over nine and a half. It's minus 135. It's not a terrible amount of juice, more than I usually like to pay, but still, uh, this is a team last year that won eight games and was the most injured team in the league. They put more players on injured reserve last year than any team in the NFL. They also didn't start their starting quarterback, Lamar Jackson, in the final four games. They're getting a ton of value here. This should be a 10.5. It really should. Uh, this is going to be a 10-win team. They're likely going to win the division. I'm not sure why people are undervaluing them uh, as a team that uh, won't make the playoffs. There's a lot of public love on the Browns right now, and they've actually pulled the Browns' win total off the board, and I think it was at 10, but now they know that Deshaun Watson's suspension is coming uh, at some point as the, as the NFL has decided to start meeting with him and figure out what they're going to do. So we have to wait and see what uh, what that suspension looks like before we're going to get anything from odds makers. But my favorite uh, win total is over nine and a half for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I, I think absolutely they are a team that that is going to uh, be back to the top of the AFC once again. But let's continue through the rest of the AFC North here, and then we'll work our way to the NFC. Uh, you know, the Steelers to make the playoffs at plus three hundred doesn't seem as far fetched uh, as we would think. I know the quarterback situation is dicey at best, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or a rookie in Kenny Pickett. However, comma. Could it be any more dicey than it was last year with a broken down, falling apart Ben Roethlisberger and they still got into the postseason? Now, you could argue they shouldn't have got there, but they did, and that ticket cashed. And I understand why you'd argue why they shouldn't have got there. If Brandon Staley of the Chargers was as smart as he thinks he is uh, and didn't have to be super aggressive, could have just kneeled on the ball and would have went to the postseason. He chose not to. Say la vie, buddy. Uh, so nonetheless, I get it. But when, when I see that kind of value, at plus 300, okay, you, you got my interest. It's the toughest, one of the toughest divisions in football. But when you look around the rest, and the AFC is incredibly more stacked than the NFC is. I get it. Um, and, and there's not really a lot to like about, um, you know, some of these fringe playoff teams putting your money on them because there's so much variance and so much risk involved, and I get it. But if there was a team that got into the playoffs that Kind of surprised you, but didn't really surprise you. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers because right? they're always kind of in that conversation. So, uh, and again, I, I would tell you too, I think the Bengals are set for some aggression um, to miss the playoffs at even money. Uh, it's not a bad bet if you ask me. It really isn't with the with the Cincinnati Bengals. They shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl last year. I, I, they shouldn't have. They got there, but 
You could argue they should have lost to the Raiders. Probably should have. You could argue they should have lost to the Titans. Probably should have. You could argue they should have lost to the Chiefs. Probably should have. Uh, and eventually I caught up with them in the Rams in the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't I don't know that, um, you know, there is any sort of of value on Cincinnati at this point in time. So I would I would walk away from them. Uh, a couple other AFC teams that are worth taking a look at uh, the Colts, you know, to make the playoffs with minus one seventy five, their win total nine and a half going over that. Um, I would actually go to the Titans. Believe it or not, just because for the Colts to go over nine and a half, it's minus 140. For the Titans to go over nine and a half, it's even money. Uh, from a value standpoint, both of those teams, when you play the Jaguars and the Texans twice a year, you're likely going to get almost halfway to your win total right there. So uh, finding the rest of the wins on their schedule. Now, the Colts are going to play a little bit of an easier schedule because they finished in second place last year, whereas the Titans finished in first. So they may get some more difficult opponents, but still, uh, those are the two that I would look at there. You go to the AFC East. There's nothing that really appetizes me other than, um, the jets under five and a half at plus plus one twenty, And I only say that because I don't know how much I believe in Zach Wilson. I don't know that I've seen a ton of progression, uh, from him. And, I don't know that their offensive line has gotten any better. So you can put a lot of different pieces around him, uh, but still, this is a scenario where you have to really wonder how much the Jets are going to improve, especially given the division that they play in. So uh, the Dolphins seem to me like to make the playoffs at plus 135 is not a bad bet. Um, they, they, they're obviously a team that has the talent to get there. They've changed coaches, and to me, that's always a little bit of a, of a hiccup. It's always a little bit of a struggle when you look at a team like that, if they can get there or not. So, um, but when it's at plus money to make the playoffs, if there's going to be a second team from the AFC East, I would probably put my money on them, especially over the Patriots, because I'm not a big believer in Mac Jones at this point. Over in the AFC West, of course, I'm going to take the Raiders to make the playoffs at plus 180. I mean, I, I back them re religiously at this point. I'm not walking away from it. Derek Carr is going to garner some MVP votes. He's going to have a huge year. That's going to be a top five offense uh, when it's all said and done. I know it's a tough division, and I think the Raiders go over their win total of eight and a half. Um, the Chargers are the one team I think that is is probably overvalued uh, at ten and a half. I would take their their and they're juiced to the under on their win total, which speaks a lot, right? They put that number up that high, and it's juiced to the under, uh, which tells you where where oddsmakers' heads are, uh, what they think, how the people are going to react to the Chargers at ten and a half wins. Quickly over to the NFC, we'll start in the East and just run down here. There's nothing that really appetizes me other than. Um, you know, the Eagles maybe to miss the playoffs at plus 145. There's a ton of hype here, and they've gotten a lot better. But my real question is a Nick Sirianni, the head coach, and I don't know who he is or what he is or how he does things, and I don't really have a big enough sample size. Um, either that or the Eagles under nine and a half at plus 105 uh, is probably where I would go uh, looking at the plus money value on both of those teams. I don't think you're getting much value on the Cowboys. Uh, and they're going to be good again. The Giants stink. The Commanders are a huge question mark, although um, they are juiced to the over seven and a half wins for them. To make the playoffs at plus 195 for Washington is not a bad bet either, given Carson Wentz. Uh, it, it, again, he doesn't have to be great. He just has to not make mistakes. And that everything you're betting on in Washington isn't on their offense. It's on their defense. Their defense has to get back into form at some point in time. Uh, and if they don't, they're going to be a really bad team. NFC West, why touch anything in this division? It's so stacked. It's so hard to figure out other than 
you know, if you want to take a flyer on the Seahawks somehow to figure this thing out, knock yourself out. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, they're probably going to get mauled this year. Uh, Pete Carroll may consider retirement when it's all said and done, but uh, there's nothing about that from a value standpoint that I really look at in the NFC West that makes me go, okay, this is a scenario here where we can, we can find some value in a bet. Um, you know, I, I guess if you want to take the Niners under uh, nine and a half, if they go with Trey Lance and, uh, and, and, you know, he struggles, which he may very well, um, it's not a bad bet at plus money there either. NFC North, uh, Vikings over eight and a half. I think they get there. It's minus 130. It doesn't necessarily really get me excited. Um, them to make the playoffs is even money. I think they will make the playoffs. I think they get right. I think Kirk Cousins, again, is another highly undervalued quarterback. So uh, when it comes to at least making bets, he is. You, you don't have to like the guy, but uh, he's produced throughout his entire career. So there's no argument there. Bears and Lions, although if you want to take the Lions over six and a half wins, a plus 105, not a bad bet either. In the NFC South, um, Falcons over four and a half is, is the best I can come up with, to be honest with you. Uh, when you look at their schedule and you look at who they play to get to five wins, it really shouldn't be that bad. I think the Falcons are going to be bad. Uh, I don't think they're going to be that bad. Remember last year, they went five and two against teams with a losing record. So that gets you home as long as they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Uh, they should be able to get to five wins, and it's only minus 105, so you're not getting heavily juiced there uh, to go over that number. In fact, it's juiced to the under at minus 115. So, you know, that's kind of where the NFL win totals are. All right, um, we will get back to the Major League Baseball slate coming up next, and we will dive into my plays for the MLB. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zeno. You're watching and listening to Point Spread Sunday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.